0: What it is to be
1: champions welcome to through the keyhole and ou fan podcast i am one of your hosts uh joined as all peyton guthrie as obviously that's my name uh joined by always uh with uh our producer matt Burden and co-host alan kenny uh matt's the one who keeps the lights on keeps hitting the record button make sure he's editing out on you know the, the, our bad takes and bad ideas so anything you hear on this has made it clear it's all the good takes this is all the good stuff imagine all the stuff that doesn't make the doesn't make the cut if you I want to hear th- that stuff i thought i was only editing
0: me. out my bad stuff i thought well, th- i leave you guys in i, can, I take all my bad <laughs> stuff out i don't know
1: if you want to listen to all the bad Matt stuff, that's all. Uh, Patreon.com slash through the keyhole. It's four bucks a month. Uh, here are all the bad Matt takes. Trust me, there are plenty and many. Uh, but Matt, how are you doing, man?
0: Uh, I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Um, you know, Can't wait to keep editing out some of my bad mistakes, and then I'm going to delete them into the ether. They'll be <laughs> in, thrown into the void and never heard from again. So, you know, uh, technically, I haven't had a bad take on here, um, at least that you guys have heard. Um, well, but, no, I'm doing well uh, today, man. Doing well. Saw the softball team earlier just watched yeah. Ke- Brooks kept going the BJ Championship. Then I'm about to watch uh, some uh, Eastern Conference Finals action here at 7:30. So big, uh, big sports day today.
1: Well, let me let me ask you a personal question. Do you uh, do, do all have a date set yet, or, is it, or are you guys still just kind of hanging out on the? We're engaged. We
0: do. We do. Uh, J- uh, July 27th of next year.
1: Of next I was about year. to say that's Gotta quick. Okay, no, next yeah, year. No, next not year. this year. Okay,
0: <laughs> next year. We got we got a long long time to figure everything out. So.
1: Well, good, 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 good. Um, Alan, how's it going over there? You set a date a long time ago and nailed that date. I'm assuming. So, (laughs) (laughs) how's it going, man?
2: Oh, I'm living, man. Uh, Good enough, you know. Uh, We're in a real dead period here (laughs) for uh, football stuff, you know. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. uh, You know, I've been doing stuff at Crimson Cream Machine, trying to uh, come up with good ideas to fill the uh, content desert here. But uh, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm haven't i'm still living though i'm still above ground i guess that's good enough right yeah i guess i guess so how are you doing <laughs> i'm not dead yet <laughs> <laughs>
1: i mean uh i guess maybe i'll ask you a question real fast on that i mean once football completely winds down which it has uh in the nba it's about to wind down i mean i i see your Twitter activity. seems you watch nba uh is there i mean what happens after that are you a baseball guy i mean uh, Matt. Uh, who who here watches baseball? Like, I, I'm about to enter into like just I'm I'm going outside a whole bunch more.
0: Right. No, I used to, used to watch baseball a ton, a ton. You know, a big Braves fan. Uh, my parents were Braves fans, so like I I ju- used to watch it all the time. My dad had the extra innings thing, so we always had the Braves game games on. And then after I don't know, probably about five or six years ago, I just like I stopped watching. I just stopped watching it all together. Uh, now I consider myself a playoff Braves fan. If that makes sense, playoff if, they, if they make the playoffs, good. I'll pick right, up, right back up. Uh, I will not do the Tomahawk drop, but um, thank you. Yes, yes thank I you. Will not, I will not do that, but uh, I do support the uh, the Atlanta Braves whenever they get in the playoffs.
1: And what about you, Alan? I mean, just, I mean, you're about to enter into just like a devoid of sports, or are you always yeah. drawn to the competition?
2: No, no, no. I mean, for me, yeah, like. Once the NBA finals are over man I uh you know I go on hiatus really from sports uh you know what I mean like it, you know I like I like Wimbledon for example you yeah. know um or, uh you know sometimes there's a soccer tournament or something like that in the summer which is nice but you know uh for the most part I'm all about uh I don't know doing other stuff during during that period
1: Yeah yeah I'm I'm ready, especially on the basketball uh side of it I'm, I'm ready for. Uh, I guess ready for the uh, summer league. I need to see. Uh, I need to see yeah, what Victor's yeah. going to be doing. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> your Spurs, oh, yeah. Yeah. Your Spurs win the lottery again. That's what they do. They
1: I know. They tank
2: yeah,
0: and I mean, they get like, the number one pick. That's just what happens. Uh, they get a generational yeah, take one
2: year. Yeah. Think about that, though, man. The three times they've had the number one pick in my in my lifetime, I believe at least so far as I remember, were they get David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now they get this French fella. I mean, that's uh. Yeah. <laughs> that is a charmed life man yeah it's walking on sunshine i'm not gonna lie to you uh no yeah the
1: spurs have only had it three times and every every time it's been basically this is a for sure dude i mean if, obviously yeah. victor's never even i mean some of the stuff on that night and they're saying by year three victor should be the best player at nba it's like okay let's calm down and he needs to gain yeah. like 30 pounds <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's happened but yeah there, there's it's never a Maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's that guy. It's always yes, this dude number this one. Is, for Bullet. Yeah. He's the number one
0: pick. You're if you're getting the <laughs> yeah. number one pick, you're drafting this guy, and he's going yeah. to be yeah.
1: the dude. Uh, so yeah, good charm life for me. I'm sure the Thunder fans, you guys will like whoever. It's just Chet, right? You're just banking the idea it's that Chet. They got, your the draft pick pick this that. they got the 12th pick this year. They
0: got the 12th pick this year, and then a million draft picks after that. So uh, who knows what they do with them? Mm. It's just uh, yeah. they have a million different options.
1: My funniest thing that I watched or read on Twitter uh, that night was that apparently there was like a snafu or something in the drawings and that the Spurs drew the number 1 pick like 3 times that yeah. night because yeah. it <laughs> was just like, their night it was it just going to be the bound is happening yeah the frozen envelope <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> entirely. Um, uh, Speaking of frozen envelopes and uh, uh, things being a little bit cold, uh, OU's defensive line recruiting <laughs> as of note just kind of just just here shortly. Uh, this one has a special connection to me, uh, being from Durant, Oklahoma, southeastern Oklahoma, Davis. That's for you. As uh, so Davian Sims um, was tracking, maybe about ten days ago, fourteen days ago, to OU at that point in time, uh, but maybe people thought OU is in. Oregon university uh, as he commits the Oregon at that point in time. Uh, and then also I think, Oh, uh, you had a, a commit from a Juco defensive end for the 23 class uh, lane Jenkins, who Brent had to renege his re- uh, commitment due to a visit that was taken. Uh, I don't know how confirmed that is, but a visit that was taken after the, uh, the uh, official commitment. Uh, Alan, Defensive line is where OU needs to uh, bulk up as it enters into the SEC. Uh, we're getting to the point now, I think OU is trending in the good direction for, I think, two five-stars and a couple other guys, uh, David Stone, Smith, and some other guys. Uh, is the Sims just kind of a, hey, this is the cost of doing business type of a thing, or, um, I don't know, are we just rolling with the punches at this point in time with the defensive line recruiting?
2: Well, I think you hit on it there. You know, I mean, obviously, defensive line – Defensive tackle, interior—you know the interior spots. Uh, those are paramount for OU. There's no way around that. Um, but you know, this isn't this certainly isn't like a a make or break loss. Um, you know, clearly this is a, a player that the uh, you know the OU coaches wanted. Um, but you kind of have to, uh, I think, just you you know accept that uh, these guys are in demand. And you know, again, it this isn't the kind of player who is going to make or break OU's class. So I, I don't see. I mean, it you know, and it, you don't want to lose out on in-state players in particular. Um, but again, it's not. It's it's just it's not some type of fatal blow to their recruiting by any stretch.
1: And also the in-state of him. I mean, he. Yeah, he he grew up in Sherman, Texas, which is if you guys don't know the geography of Sherman, Texas, uh fifteen minutes, twenty minutes from Red River. So I mean he's right there. He moved to Durant, I think, two years ago. So the in-stateness of that is, yeah. is a little overplayed. Uh but that said, I've seen online some people are saying like, Well, oh, you never really wanted him that big a deal. He was always a backup plan. Todd Bates was here last week to meet with yeah. him directly. I mean, this wasn't a oh you had washed their hands of this situation. I mean, they were here um, right before the commitment date. I think that Friday or Thursday he committed this past uh, Sunday on the twentieth, a uh, Saturday on the twentieth. I mean, oh you wasn't trying. They hadn't given up on Sims, and they're you know putting the the press on him. Um, is he their number one for bulletproofs of tackle recruit that they want to get? No, that's still David Stone, but. If if you're if you're backup guy, if you're second tier dude, is still a top two fifty guy, and you can get that as well, th- then you're then you're doing then you're doing yourself some favors on 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 uh, moving to the SEC. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the JUCO kid though? I mean, committing. Uh, I mean, I guess rumored. I, I don't know how much of this is. Maybe I'm. Someone can just scream at me on Twitter uh, at Peyton Glenn. Uh, should, should say like Woody uh, the JUCO kid, Lane Jenkins, committing? A 23-kid anyway, I thought that we didn't have scholarships. Now apparently, you know, the salary cap's fake type of a thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, commits, I mean, show he has an offer, one minute later commits, and now he's no longer uh, part of that committed class uh, due to potentially some visits and stuff that were scheduled and he didn't cancel. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that system? If it, Is it still something that's good in your mind uh, from that perspective? I mean, I've seen uh, Brent's being kind of, you Know some some heat from rival fan bases, which what you're going to do bringing up that hey, so and he he visits somewhere and they didn't decommit, and some of things like that. I mean, um, are, are we still totally behind the you've committed no more visits uh talk?
0: Um, I think it's always a case by case basis. If you're talking about Colton Vasic, who is what like a, a top 100 defensive yeah. end, like, yeah if you committed to us, yeah, you can, you can take some visits, but you know, we don't like it, but still, if you're committed to us and end up here, then that's, that's great for us. Cause you're a top 100 recruit. Uh, if you're a Juco guy, then Hey, uh, sorry, man, we don't, we don't need you that bad. I guess is is that, I guess that's kind of the message uh, that they're sending. So there's, there's different rules for different types of players. If David Stone committed and ended up taking a visit somewhere, they would be like, man, we don't like that, but we're not pulling your scholarship off. or We're not, we're not uh, getting out of your commitment, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like he's been pretty consistent with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. But whenever you're talking about, like the big time, big time recruits, then I don't know how like stringent you can be, like strict you can be with that, with that rule. So I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I was kind of with you. I didn't know that they had any scholarships really available. So that's why I was like <laughs> that's why I was confused by it the most. Um, but yeah, so I mean I, I guess uh well he got rumored to visit like Illinois or something like that is what I heard. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, up you know in Illinois. Yeah, maybe maybe it's Yeah maybe maybe he ends up there in Illinois. But uh yeah, no, I mean I get the policy. I do, but again, like this there's, there's just the the way the world works. I mean there are different rules for different people. Like if mm-hmm. if uh, David Stone does that then They're not pulling the scholarship offer. They're not. They're still going to take his commitment. It is what it is, man.
1: Alan, I mean, from from your perspective on on the the point that that Matt brought up, basically, there's a you know rules for thee and not for me type of situation. Uh, Do you think that's counter counter you know counterintuitive to the uh, to, to the culture Brent's trying to build there? If in fact. We do have uh, a system where some guys have to be super stringent on that, and other guys just purely due to talent or potential uh, have a different set of rules.
2: Well, I mean, I I don't really see this as being uh, a different. I mean, like what well, like the 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 Vossick kid. I mean, my understanding is that whatever this this visit was that he took was basically going to a game. I mean, his family had season tickets there. Yeah. Uh, and he's from austin and he's from whatever. austin yeah. <laughs> so i mean like you know i guess then you know he was maybe i don't know if they counted it as a, an official i don't believe that he took it like an official visit there i mean you know i that this just sounds more like um to me like either there were some some kind of lines got crossed and uh oh you just decided it wasn't quite worth the hassle like i don't know i mean you know what what Venables is saying, you know, he always says. I believe he always says, like official visits. You know, if you're taking yeah, official yeah. visits, we're going to view you as, um, you know, not as as not as not as one of our commitments. Um, so that's, you know, I mean, if the, that's kind of always been his his rule here. And I believe that this was still supposed to be that this Jenkins um, recruit was supposed to be trying to go to take an uh, official visit to Illinois. And so they just, you know, kind of went their, their separate ways. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I get, I get the policy. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, I I think that there's plenty of wiggle room in there, you know, in terms of, you know, if the, like the Vossick kid says, Hey, I'm gonna go. You know, I've had tickets. I have. I've had season tickets to Texas my whole life. He's telling them ahead of time. This is what he's gonna do. Like, you know, uh, I mean, that's. I. I don't really see that as some violation of the policy. But, um, you know, if you're trying to kind of do something, you know, go around, uh, you know, not you're you're not being upfront about what you're doing. I. I guess then, that makes more sense to me that you would then say, okay, well, uh, we're going to have to do something else. We're going to have to go a step or go our separate ways.
1: Maybe on the other recruiting front, I don't know if you guys have, have been paying attention to this. This just recently jumped in front of me. Uh, the Twitter account, the uh, message board uh, geniuses were retweeting some Oklahoma, like uh, message board screenshots kind of losing their minds on the Sims thing. And now you have a bunch of recruiters, uh, recruits retweeting it and commenting on it and things of that nature. Um, are message boards just bad generally, or are we of that opinion? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go, I'll go here. I mean, it's this kind of thing where it's like, I, yeah, I could say, yeah, everybody has uh fans that do this. And, you know, I look at it though, too. Like, how do, how do you know if, if let me put you like this, like, what if I sign up for a free trial at my exactly. you know, rival team's <laughs> favorite at my rival team's uh, message board and write some, you know, heinous shit on there. And then, you know, tip off message board geniuses. Oh, look at what's on the, uh, you know, Texas board about so-and-so like the whole thing is very dumb, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hate trying to like, you know, tone police people or, you know, fans, but what I don't, I still don't get what possesses to somebody to like, get on a message board and be like, you know, this kid, you know, this kid's a piece of shit because he decided to go somewhere else. Like, come on, man. Like, just, just don't like, why? It doesn't make any sense to me.
1: It's a, it's I do annoying like, I do and, like, go uh, for it, Matt. Sorry. I'm just saying
2: it,
0: it is annoying. And like, I mean, recruits, obviously, obviously do pay attention to that, but do like, one, how many? Every college football fan base has probably appeared oh, on yeah. message board geniuses. It's no, not. It's not sure, just. Yeah. It's not just Oklahoma. And then I'm looking at uh, Zadavian Sims's Twitter post right now, um, of him committing to Oregon, and a bunch of OU fans saying like, "Best of luck, you know, wish you yeah. would come to OU. Yeah. Best of luck wherever yeah. you go. Like, beat USC. You know, all this, all this stuff." <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's they they cherry picked four com- bad comments, and then there's you know ten right here underneath his his tweet being like, Hey, best of luck. Like wish you would have come to OU, but beat USC, beat Tebow. All that stuff. stuff. So, you know, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Like it's, you always, it's it's that, that thing with, you know, social media, you always pay attention to that one bad comment instead of like the 15 good ones. Like that, that one bad comment lives with you. You I mean, it's just, it's all pretty dumb in my opinion.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I do like where Alan's head was going. it's very, very elon musk like it's a psyop it's all it is some people Mm. signed up (laughs) it's all fake none of this happens
2: i mean like Um, how do we know how we know message board geniuses isn't run by like some oklahoma state fan uh you know out there (laughs) you know just going to OU boards looking for that kind of stuff you know i mean who knows i mean that that all that stuff i'm always i I start tuning all that out
1: yeah um well i will say that this is going to give us a decent little segue so uh when brent um When his tenure ended at the University of Oklahoma as defensive coordinator, uh, largely it was because of the defense being unable to recruit and field the the four-down linemen that he needed to have for the uh, 4-3 attack that he was known for and cut his teeth on, Uh, OU started transitioning to a three-down lineman. Now, some of that was... Bob had a bad hip. He wasn't able to travel as much. Jackie Shipp was recruiting a different type of person uh, <laughs> at the end of his uh, tenure at OU. So, I mean, there's some stuff kind of stacked against Brenton there, but some of that is he didn't have enough defensive linemen or impact defensive linemen, recruited to the University of Oklahoma, went to Clemson, was completely able to uh, rehabilitate his offensive coordinator uh, status by being able to bring in a lot of defensive linemen who <laughs> made it to the NFL. Uh, but as we're standing right now that that needs to pick it up a bit at university of Oklahoma, um, uh, in order to kind of get that four down or a three down look that uh, is really helpful. Um, that OE has a play against these spread spread teams. As they move into the sec, I'm assuming we'll see more four down that said, USC, Alabama. They're playing more three down linemen, uh, as not potentially their base, but more that Jack stand up, Jack, the Will Anderson types. Not, I wouldn't necessarily call that a four down, but he's there. Uh, Alan wrote a pretty good uh, piece that kind of sums up some thoughts on the Crimson Crew Machine about the three-down linemen, and how it could be implemented into the uh, 23 season. I'm assuming much the heartbreak of every OU fan who just heard that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how? how yeah, do you think it's just big and overblown, or wh- what are your thoughts on that uh, That that three-down
2: versus four-down linemen? I think it's entirely overblown, <laughs> honestly. Like... I mean, I look at I look at OU's defense last year, and I, for some reason, people really zeroed in on this three down look as being you know a huge a huge issue. I mean, I didn't think that OU is particularly great in a four down or a three down look, so I've never yeah. really. Uh, I, I I guess I just don't really get that. I mean, a lot of the problems too. I mean. The idea that the front was an issue just doesn't really uh, compute to me. I mean, you know, you had blown assignments in uh, from the linebackers in terms of, you know, run fits. You had blown assignments from the linebackers in pass coverage. You had blown assignments from, you know, uh, in the coverage uh, in, in the secondary. So to me, I mean, it just wasn't – you want to be able to have – something you know different kind of looks in your in your bag so that when you know you, you face different kinds of opponents you're ready for them like that's that's kind of the definition of being multiple which every defensive coordinator in their, in their right mind now is you know using as how, describing how they want to play defense um you know and i think that uh you know this year i mean I don't know. I don't, like I said, I just don't, I don't feel like the problems that you had last year were specific to one, how they were playing the front, you know?
1: Yeah. It was totally systematic. I mean, if you look at the games, Oh, you lost. Now those losses do have a lot more rushing success against them. I mean, if you see, if you stack it up from, from a, Accounting numbers, uh, statistical kind of outlook on it. But that said, if OU were to put four down against Tech, that Tech was still going to move them around. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. the OU was playing against offensive lines that were as good or better than their defensive linemen. That's that's all there was to it. Uh, and then you yeah. had bust busted assignments in the back end. I mean, we all screamed that Justin Broyles was out there trying to cover six six wide receivers. I mean. And, and you know, in his uh, what his relative athletic score was <laughs> reds across the board. I mean, yeah. there, there's 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 only so much that defense last year could have done this year. Uh, but I mean, what, what's your positive outtake now? Looking at this, uh, you mentioned uh, some players coming in, uh, new Cheetah position uh, potentially being played a slightly different way. I mean, is there is there opportunity for hope for the uh, for the OU defense, and I guess maybe in particular the defensive line because I mean it does need to all start up front.
2: Right. And you look at it, I mean, I feel like, you know, much in the same way that the problems that OU had really didn't have anything to do with playing four down versus three down. uh, You know, the solutions are going to be things that help OU, whether they're playing a four down or a three down, or, you know, at least a lot of the reasons to think that OU will be better. Uh, You know, I mean, to me, it kind of starts with the idea of, uh, you know, improving the pass rush. I feel like that was really OU's downfall I, last year. I mean, just an inability to really uh, get heat on the quarterback without without throwing some kind of blitz out there. Um, you know, OU's clearly made an effort to get better there on the edges uh, through the transfer portal and through recruiting. And, I mean, that's paying off. I, I can't imagine. I mean, now, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs, guys who were – uh, last year, some of the players who you know compiled the most snaps on the entire team by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Now they're now they're competing for you know rotation spots as opposed yeah. to uh, as opposed to that you know and on top of that, OU's going to have a better better depth at safety. I feel like this year, you know, kind of similar to what what I was just saying about Grimes and Downs. You know, you watched last year. I mean, Keyshawn Lawrence played through nagging injuries all year because OU needed him to play like you know if he wasn't out there they would it was it was problematic you know now you've got guys like reggie pearson and peyton Mm -hmm. bowen uh in the mix so i feel like they'll have better better depth there also um you know there's not a Gerald mccoy there's not a tommy harris coming right on right away on the defensive line to uh to help out but all in all, you you kind of add everything up, and I feel like they're just in a better position personnel wise to do multiple things better.
1: Yeah, the thing uh, if 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 you guys are listening have listened to uh, uh, well checked out the Patreon, I did a, a little small thing about the full down uh, alignment that Brent was uh, deploying during the spring game, and the the jack back or that edge stand up edge retro is still there, but you know it, it's Bothroid. Right both times like he's a down lineman you know hand in the dirt and then the next step he's standing up you know trying to get a different angle on the offensive tackle uh, it doesn't seem like they're pulling anything for it to be a true I mean they didn't I mean what the the tape I'm cutting up didn't show any true down, uh, three down linemen I'd have to relook at it uh, closely but I it seemed see like any yeah, it seemed like OU was living and dying with, hey, we're going to play four down, or at least four dudes in the box at that point in time. The only, I guess, three down lineman position you could say is that uh, a few times in the red zone, they played a, a true uh, Oki okay front with uh, three defensive linemen and two linebackers on the edges. So I guess you could if you really wanted to, you know, really try to hammer, hammer me on that, you could say that. Uh, but if you look at the spring game, I think Deshaun McCullough really, really opens up the ability for OU to stay in a three in a four down. Um, he's he's able to line up in the alley uh, in a way that White wasn't able to. He's able to kind of be a little more I mean, he's lankier and rangier. He 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 can like cover those zone spots a little better. That said, uh, you know, the touchdown pass to Blake Smith was a busted assignment by him. Uh, he should have followed the he needs to follow the tight end all the way up. It's, there's going to be a learning curve from him as he's pulled further away from the line of scrimmage like he was at uh, Indiana and being more of that space backer type of position uh, at the Cheetah spot. But there's that size and stuff. And then Pearson over the top is just going to allow OU to, to play uh, with just bigger people uh, along the front there. Matt, do you think that's basically it, though? I mean, OU just has better players now? Now the defensive scheme's going to look a lot better?
0: I think <laughs> at least they have better depth, like like Alan was saying. I feel like across the board, they they just have better depth. Not only that, like, you're talking about at, at linebacker, too, it was like David yeah. Agwebu and Danny Stutzman, and really, that was it. That was it, but... Um, you know, Jaron Canick, Cody McKenzie, Kip Lewis, all these guys get a year older. Year, you know, mm-hmm. a year actually in a strength and conditioning program at, at OU. Like, you know, I, I feel a lot better about where the depth is, at least. You know, I, I'm not sure about yet. You, know, you know, like elite talent. Like, I, I know Rondell Bothroyd was good at uh, Wake Forest. Like, uh, obviously, I like I like Deson McLellan. What you know, he kind of projects to be uh, in his college career. I. I I wouldn't say they have any, like, elite guys. DeSomercola may be, like, the the closest one to it. And, again, like, Peyton Bowen. But Peyton yeah. Bowen, uh, true freshman. I'm sure he'll be fine. Like, PJ Adabare, I think, will be elite in time. But, you know, those are two true freshmen. Um, but, yeah, as far as depth goes, man, I, I feel a lot better. A lot better about where OU's at, especially defensively. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then that's the thing we're we're talking about, like wins and losses, and like the win totals were put out and things of that. And I'm kind of looking at the schedule, and the only thing I can think of is if OU can just play an average defense, a consistent average defense, they're probably going to win that very close to that win total. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. We're not saying they need to be a top fifteen defense; it's like they if they can just be. Minimize the bust to nothing, you know, just a few a game instead of 15 a game or something like that. Uh, the comparison I was making to uh, uh, our the founder, uh, Brady, who we may have some good news about him, guys, Mm. if you've listened this far, uh, just talking about the Miami Heat and uh, you know, that's his NBA team, talking about Jimmy Butler is like, it's Jimmy Butler the last serious player, uh, at least in the East. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, everyone else is, it gets to the fourth quarter. They start just doing random bullshit yeah. <laughs> randomly. And Jimmy's like, I'm just not going to make the the stupid mistake. And like, and sometimes that's all greatness is like, like when Kawhi was at the top of his game, it was just, he just kept doing the thing he was doing in the first quarter. Like he didn't start pressing or start doing some random stuff. It was just consistent. And a lot of times that wins the game, just being consistent. Um Alan, is that what you're looking for for this year? Is that your diagnosis or defense? Can they just be consistent or do you want a little bit more out of them?
2: Oh, I mean, you know, you always want more, right? (laughs) I mean, I I think that they can, I think that there's more that they can do. I I just see more versatility overall um, with just how the personnel is kind of developed. Um, you know, for example, you know, bringing up McCullough, you know, they could throw a, a more of a classic three-three-five look out there, for example, if they wanted to, uh, using McCullough, you know, kind of a, as a rusher or you know, from coming from different angles, for example. Um, I I just I think that the more guys, the more competition that they can build. The more guys that they can get in the mix, the better. Like, I, I, don't, I mean, one thing I didn't, you know, mention is it's, I feel like having better athleticism on the back end will help. I mean, you know, part of what I did, Brian, that article, I had to watch, you know, games like, uh, I don't know, like that Texas Tech game over and over. And so many times when, you know, better athletes in the secondary would have been able to make a play and, and, You know they weren't there. You know, guys getting kind of you know, filling late filling alleys uh, that you know could have could have made a stop that turns you know a potential two yard gain into fourteen. You know that type of thing. Uh, So yeah, I know. I I mean, I think consistency would be great, but I mean they can they can get better. They can become you know if you want to think of like in efficiency terms. I don't know if they get up into the top 30, I think you'll be in pretty good shape.
0: Enjoy great food and drinks at the original Norman Hotspot and its first cocktail bar. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails is our choice for quality meals and drinks to enjoy the next time you're looking for a great night out. With locations in historic downtown Norman on Main Street and the Paseo Arts District in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma fans from all over the metro can enjoy Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Also, be sure to pick up or ask about Scratch's ready-made old-fashioned cocktail at your local wine and spirit store. Take the best Scratch Concoction home to sit on your lounge and continue listening to this episode. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Great food, drinks, and atmosphere.
1: Uh, moving on to the next topic, one Alan specifically asked for. Uh, <laughs> University of Southern <laughs> California AD, uh, quote unquote, resigns. Uh, it seems to be uh, from a, under a cloud of controversy, uh, according to LA Times. Uh, some um, some workplace culture stuff I had some comments uh, things that were said left colleagues especially women feeling awkward and uncomfortable uh Alan is this just a case of USC being just an insane place to work and it's just a pit of pit of thieves and and snakes or um is there something bigger uh brewing here do you think
2: I really don't know if there's gonna be anything more to this beyond clearly it was whatever they had this you know, uncovered was enough to, uh, you know, send uh, Mike Bone on his, uh, on his, on his way. But, you know, this kind of goes back to something that, uh, I talked about when Lincoln Riley left OU, right? And whenever people start freaking out about your, your head coach looking at other jobs, my, my take is always like, well, if, If he thinks that if your you know head coach he or she think that going to work at you know place X is better, then what do you do? You have you know I mean, if Lincoln Riley when he was OU was always the Dallas Cowboys was the was the team that always came up, and my thought Mm -hmm. was, if if Lincoln Riley wants to leave OU to go work for Jerry Jones, be my guest. You know, it was, the same, it was the same thing with, with when, you know, when there was LSU, I mean, look at, look at how things tend to end for coaches at LSU. Generally it's not very good. So, you know, when he said, when he, you know, makes this move to go to USC and he clearly took jabs at OU's administration, you know, when he was, uh, you know, talking about the alignment there and all that stuff. I mean, it was my take at the time same thing USC is addicted to being messy like they've been that way for 15 years now I mean the way it ended with Pete Carroll just off the top of my head the way it ended with Pete Carroll the way it ended with Lane Kiffin (laughs) the way it ended with Steve Sarkeesian uh, they've had you know um, their AD during when all the scandal stuff was happening with Reggie Bush was a huge buffoon they, you know, they had an AD and Pat Hayden who was doing stuff like going down on the sidelines and arguing with referees in the middle of the game. Lynn Swan was caught up in all kinds of shit. Then you get, you know, now you've got this with Mike Bone. On top of that, they were, you know, they were, uh, they were taking bribes. You know, there's the whole, uh, you know, Varsity Blues scandal thing with, you know, people. I mean, the place is just is addicted to messiness and If that's the kind of alignment, the kind of culture that you think is conducive to winning, like be my guest and go, like you know. But like, OU does things. Joe Castiglione, I I I hear people complain sometimes about him being, you know, too uh, too tight with spending, whatever, you know, too controlling. Whatever. I mean, OU does things like that for a reason. It's a it's it's a culture. It's a way of doing business. And, like, clearly Lincoln Riley, you know, that chafed him at some point. And, like, fine, this is what you – this is your alternative. Like, go for it, you know?
1: Yeah, that's something I want to speak on very personally. I mean, I I run a department for a Native American government. It's still a government at the end of the day, so I have I have staff members. We're trying to buy things, and I'm like, okay, guys, you gotta understand, it's it, this is not in budget season right now. We have to wait until this time for this to open up, and it's all super super frustrating. And you have to like keep everyone's head knuck, screwed on straight, basically. It's like it mm-hmm. will happen, just it has. We have to wait six months. Like I'm sorry, that's just how it is, you know. And I could see somebody who's probably obviously Lincoln Riley, extremely talented, extreme knows what he's doing, and thinking. Well, if it's going to happen then, why not just do it now? You know, it's like I I could see somebody wanting to put this, you know, pedal to the metal, keep the gas pumping, you know, all gas, no brakes type of situation. Uh, Or maybe there's like some little finger in him, you know, chaos is a ladder type of a type of aspect uh, to it all. Um, I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, Matt, from from your perspective, you know, producing the show and, you know, radio stuff like that from, I guess, purely from an entertainment side. And what would you rather be able to chance to go over the, the sustained stability of an, a university of Oklahoma or just the chaos of Southern California or, you know, university of Texas. It's like, you've right. always got something to talk about.
0: Right. Uh, sustained sabi- uh, stability for me. <laughs> That's what <I> mean. Because, <laughs> because when something like Lincoln Riley leaving happens, it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal because nothing, Nothing happens that often. Like the apple cart doesn't get shaken very, very often. And when it does, it's a huge, huge deal. Um, whenever you're living in kind of constant chaos, then it's just like you become numb to it, I guess, at a certain yeah. point. Uh, and it's just like, well, here's another thing. Here's another thing that we have to try to clean up, and we have to talk about cleaning up. So, no, I would definitely take the uh, sustained success, uh, basically, because also I, I just think about like doing maybe like doing radio in LA when uh Clay Hilton was there and just like mm. what I mean what do you talk about it? Yeah, we're shitty again. I don't know I mean, what do you what do you really talk about? And I don't know how to <laughs> and I don't know how to fix it. Uh, so yeah, no, and even like that's what I'm saying is like the sustained success. And then even like this year, it's like even a big deal because you know OU doesn't do that. OU doesn't go six and seven. They just yeah. they just don't go six and seven. So um. Yeah. No. Definitely. Give me the uh the sustained success.
1: Yeah. The big talking point, like Alan and I talked about earlier in the podcast for OU football, besides just the losing, was uh you know three down linemen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. Which that's that's like, the
2: level of great chaos. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> so such so esoteric. You know what I mean? Like oh, well. but like you know, think about it. I mean, USC. Like you're going to be under just this perpetual cloud of scrutiny because there's always something you know i mean if and you know it's going to be interesting to see how this affects the operations of the football program i mean you know because we don't know who the next ad is going to be they're going into the big 10 uh will the next ad be you they can't really afford to be hands off right but you know who's there who's going to be in charge of fundraising who's going to be in charge of keep keeping the NIL uh you know on the up and up and all that i mean like it's just if 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 that's what you want go for it it also seems like a little
1: strange too reading the uh LA Times article about it was that uh he, he was he was docked for like missing uh sporting events and you know USC's national championships i was like like what water polo, like mm-hmm. high diving, <laughs> is this? Is this what we're really talking about here? Because it does seem like he was all in on football and those, you know, the money making sport. Which you know, if everything that we read, you know, from USC when I got became really accustomed to them, obviously over the last couple of years, was that you know, football isn't treated like the god there. Like it's it has poor facilities and it needs upgrades across the board. I mean, money is tight and money doesn't get moved around kind of universal, how it does at the at OU or some of these other. know football first programs uh even just that part of it just seems a bit chaotic of you know now you're in a place where you're the main guy um but the the school doesn't seem to treat you as the main guy uh you know maybe from a budgetary standpoint and then you also have like national writers, and again like uh god god love him bill Plashke, just ready for the axe just ready to drop (laughs) your head off (laughs) the moment you lose three games or something it's like and that was never going to happen at. I mean that, that stuff just doesn't happen to OU. I mean, o, Brent goes six and seven, and most of the OU media is like, "Yeah, that sucked." Yeah. <laughs> it's only the national guys who are kind of like Brent's on the hot seat, and all the <laughs> local dudes are like, "Nah, not not yet." <laughs> he's got he's got another year before we even talk about something like that. Uh, but speaking of the hot seat and basically what uh, college football boiled down to uh, now, uh, realignment talks, uh, schools trying to get more money and trying to. Uh, Uh, Keep themselves afloat and in competition with the Big Two, the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, The ACC, the Magnificent Seven, uh, which I cannot name all of them right yet, but I know it's Florida State, Clemson, Miami and some other schools, um, basically kind of want a, a kill what you eat kind of a uh, contracts moving forward of if shit, you make the playoffs, you get the money. <laughs> That's we where don't share it <laughs> <laughs> type of a thing. thing like I earned it. I keep it. Gets uh, me
2: about these conversations. Is Alan, I think, I think, I think maybe you've mentioned something like this before for That's
1: some true. other revenue, uh, unequal Go revenue ahead. sharing. Um,
2: uh you know you're all man do you think that's right a good now, method for uh acc to try you know, to adopt own, or should they go do the, the whole you know, um you can, you can leave the conference uh, and go thing of, you know we all signed the contract. The you're, you're stuck might, to it but you know enjoy a uh yeah well you know, I mean, they they might be willing to give you an okay a, let's, an, let's, an, let's an, do a quick cut, exercise here but you're, you're going to be let's taking a lot less money i mean the whole thing to me is just asinine uh the way that uh that this become, has become a talking point in, in conference realignment. I mean, you know, you really, you, you know, the value of what of what your media rights are when you get on the open market, but that's beside the point. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing that any of these ACC schools can do to stop, uh, you know, if the SEC invited Florida state, you know, to uh, join the conference and, you know, whenever it's there, no, no revenue model is going to change them from leaving there's there's nothing that they can do you know to still and, and still you know nothing they could do to to ensure that Wake Forest still has a viable athletic department uh so you know it's just it's not going to i they've they've signed the contract i mean <laughs> there's no there's you know, it sounds to me like this whole deal about giving them, you know, uh, greater share of the, uh, you know, bowl revenue, for example, Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a nice way to kind of, you know, can help them save some face, but I doubt it's going to be a significant amount of money, uh, going forward. Um, so I just don't see, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see uh, where, where's Florida state going to go? Where's Clemson going to go? Uh, You know, at the at the moment, if they even can get out of what of this deal with the ACC, do you think that they're going to why would the SEC want to pick them up right now? It just it. I don't know. None of this makes any sense to me.
0: What it what it seems like to me. And I'm uh, listen, I I know uh, our guy Red Dirt Sport, he goes into the weeds. I know there's a lot of people go into (laughs) the weeds, into the depths of realignment. (laughs) and they know every big 12 fan a hell of, they know <laughs> a hell of a lot more than than I do to me this is this is what it read to me these seven schools being like looking at the future payouts of the Big 10 future payouts of the SEC and being like we're pissed we are not mm-hmm. going to make anything near this and that's that's really all it was it was like we're okay. pissed they go to ESPN we are pissed and they're like cool you're signed until 2030 say i don't know what to tell you we're not (laughs) just gonna just because you're pissed we're not gonna cut this con we're not gonna tear this contract up and sign you to more money that's not how it works it's not how this works they're not going to be like oh wait oh you guys want more money oh okay yeah no yeah for sure we'll rip up this contract that has you signed uh for the next 13 years and we'll rip it up and pay you more money for another 13 years no that's not how this works. I get you. You can be pissed about all you want, but uh, that's just that's just how it's going to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, and if you're ESPN, why in the world? I mean, you get the ACC contract is great for you because you're because it's so cheap. Yep. I mean, you know, like so again, you know, what is I I what I mean if ESPN when you think about it, is the whole is one of the big movers here what's the what are the how are they going to react if the ACC tries to break up i mean <laughs> like all, i just you know it was these conferences i feel like at the i felt like at the time we're making a big mistake by locking in so long term with the espn and that's kind of what we're seeing now i mean i would argue that even the sec uh for all the money it's making is probably uh not getting nearly what it could or or what it's worth um you know but that's, that's the way these schools wanted to do it. So that's what they got.
1: Yeah, I guess the only school you could really look at it is you talking about the individual income or in, what what their media rights worth is, is, I guess, potentially Notre Dame at that point in time being independent. Mm-hmm. But even they, you know, still have their handshake agreement with the ACC to play the other teams, you know, because you have to build a repertoire around it. Like, what happens if, yeah, you're What happens if Florida State goes in the, they're like, fuck it, we're going to go independent.
2: And then teams are like, we're just not going to schedule you. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, exactly. Or you have how, much nothing to show. To, how much is it going to cost you? To, I mean, how much is it going to cost you to schedule games? You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. much are you going to have to pay if you want to get Ole Miss to come do a home and home, how much you have to pay them. Uh, you know, all, all those kinds of things. I mean, Notre Dame, you get, you know, you have the benefit of they have this contract with NBC. It's a big deal. They've got a big following. You know, I, I don't know what it, what your typical home and home contract looks like with Notre Dame. But my guess is that even, you know, if it's not, Particularly lucrative, it's still a good good deal for these athletic departments to get a game to get games with Notre Dame, get a game a home game with Notre Dame. You know, I mean, it 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 been like Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia. They they they're not in that position. They just aren't.
0: Another thing that was hilarious to me is like, yeah, well, OU and Texas got out early. I'm like, yeah, like a year or two early, not yeah. 13 years early.
2: And they're paying through the nose to do it. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> like, it's not like it's, oh, you know, we we feel like leaving. So we're out. Like it took forever just to get reach an agreement. And it was, and it was expensive.
1: Yeah, I think maybe that's just my general take to it, especially if you're these other schools. Is that you just hold them? I mean, if I'm Boston College, I'd say that sucks. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are you gonna do? I mean, like, I'm not gonna. I mean, why would they? I, I don't know. Like, why would they just go down the route of appeasement, which has never worked in any way, shape, or form in any history lesson we've ever learned? And say, yeah, we'll keep just giving you money. It's the thing is. You're never going to give them enough because you're never going to make. They're never going to make enough from what SEC and Big Ten are going to have. And as Alan had mentioned earlier about the OU's defense, they're always going to want more. Yeah. <laughs> once you start giving them money, once you once you set the precedent of you will give them money, guess what? You're going to have to keep giving them money, and that's just that's just how it works. I mean, does it suck they broke up that way? Yes, it does. I mean. The Pac-12 and the ACC are just really in a super shitty situation uh, for those conferences. Now, I think long term, they probably need to, I, I would see the network saying, hey, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, here's some level of make right, but that's it because we need you there just for, uh, you know, uh, inventory, <laughs> you know, it's like we need inventory for different time zones and things like that. But the eyeballs go to the Big 10 and the SEC. That's the fact of life. Um, what's that, Alan? You may help me out here. What's the movie where the guy screaming, "I'm mad as hell, I'm not, and I'm not going to take it."
2: Oh, I think that's, so. from, that's from before my time, man. I know the one. I, you, I know what you're talking about. Uh, network, network, the network,
1: network. Yes, and the network. So the main guy, the guy who's mad as hell, and he's like going on TV, and screaming. Everyone should watch the movie. It's great, by the way. He gets, he gets, he has a meeting with the, the shadowy network, the head network guy. And he basically just lays it out for me. He's like, this is how the world works. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. There is no, this, this is how it's going to work from now on. Um, it's like you got too close to the sun and like shuts them down. And it, I think that's kind of what's about to start happening to some of these uh, conferences is that they're going to go up to the table. Pac-12 has already discovered this. You're going to go up to the table and the network's going to say, no, go play on, uh, you know, whatever uh you know cw or something like it's just not going to i mean they're not going to do this and maybe that is uh, a good vision of the pack of the big 12 my apologies the big 12 for renewing their rights and just signing up for what they signed up for it's like we're just signing up for stability at this point in time like we're trying to just we don't want knives at each other's throats at this point in time anymore um But enough of a realignment. I think we've pretty much covered everything on there. Uh, We're in our extras bit. Matt's going to give us some of his hottest softball takes. I I know OU and Oklahoma State played today. Uh, What happened in those games?
0: Um, Yeah, both are going through. Um, Oh, surprising. (laughs) And OU basically today against Cal, it was basically glorified batting practice. Like, I mean, they were... Uh, I had mentioned to my, I was texting my dad. They had, they had left a couple of, of change up, They'd hung a couple of change ups just right over the plate. And as you can imagine, home run, home run. I texted my dad. I was like, how many times is, is Cal just going to hang change ups right over the middle of the plate? And my dad was like, to be fair, I don't think it matters what they throw. Like they're, yeah. just, they're just gonna They're just going to hit it uh, everywhere. So it was complete domination. Like I said, it's just, it's tough to keep finding new and creative ways to say they're really fucking good. Like this just yeah. There's it's tough to keep finding different ways to say that. The best hitting team, best pitching team, best defensive team. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. They won forty four in a row now? Crazy. Forty it's either,
1: 44 40, either forty four or forty five. Either way, yeah. It's a lot. something astronomical. And they've won a lot in a yeah, row. Something astronomical, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, have, they have Clemson coming up next and the Super Regional OU does. Uh, I do not remember who Texas or Oklahoma State. I think Texas gets Tennessee. Uh, I can't remember who Oklahoma State gets. But softball is hot, uh, obviously, in the state of Oklahoma. It's it's, it's awesome to see that happen and uh, the way that goes. But, Matt, thank you for giving us a little softball corner there. We saved it to the end, so everyone's yeah. listening. Uh, and then I want to leave the, uh, the listeners for one last thing uh, really random off the wall. I was wa- reading a... Uh, um uh, dot uh, com uh, article the latest one talks about how um how more and more teams are using black uh, he would call it a black for black sake for their uniforms and uh he's kind of coming around to the idea that maybe black should be treated as a neutral color like white or gray um and instead of it being like a uh, being introduced because more and more teams are doing that i found that somewhat interesting um if you guys if anyone listening also likes the idea of uniforms and what colors they should have uh hit us up on twitter let us know if, if blacks just cool just to put on any uniform who cares or if you're more a little traditionalist like i am at the end of the day uh but for uh for myself for matt for alan for the founder for the patreon for davis uh thank you guys so much for listening hit us up on the patreon uh go to vanessa house go to scratch uh and a free shout out go to human interaction in norman a great little uh, vintage uh, uh store clothing kind of place and plant store uh they're super awesome as well um but i guess guys matt takes out of here boomer
2: sooner